0: David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton.
1: It is Wednesday, March 2nd, 2022, season 17, episode number 106. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, joined by Nick Eatman. We've got uh, Amber Garcia. Dave is not with us today. He is out in Indianapolis covering the combine. He's going to join us here in a moment, catch us up on all the things that are happening out there, the people he's talking to, the information that he's getting. Uh, and just uh, if you guys have any questions for him, you can uh, kind of throw those at him, too. That'll be good. we got to start the show. What? Oh, we don't have any glass. Yeah, in case you guys haven't <laughs> noticed, we got, like, no glass. It's actually a good thing. I love yeah. this. Uh, but we got to start the show wishing a very happy birthday to my dude, Mr. Nikki. Uh, thank birthday, you. Bro. Appreciate that. Yeah, it
2: happy birthday, thank
1: old, you.
2: Man.
1: Okay. <laughs> old man. Okay. <laughs> old. old man. Pretty old. You're not old. It's all about can perspective. Say, can I tell you a story? Sure, tell us a story. So, now, this seems old, but go ahead.
3: Yeah. When I was 13 years old... Yeah a while ago yeah um i was 13 and i've just moved from oklahoma to da- to dallas mm-hmm. so i was like you know a little small town in oklahoma very rural and then all of a sudden you get here and it's like a little different a little preppy i wasn't used to all that didn't yeah. have a lot of friends i hated it. you don't want to move when you're 13 7th yeah. grade so it was like my fifth sixth day of school. March second comes around. I'm in the history class, and the teacher was really nice. She said, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. It's a very special birthday today. I was like, oh, thank awesome. He goes, do y'all know whose birthday it is? And I was about to like raise my hand. They're like, it's Texas's birthday. It's Texas Independence Day. And everybody's like, oh. I was like, oh, okay. So then they went through that, and then she goes, well, hold on, there is another birthday. Another birthday, and I was like, okay, finally. She's like, Dr. Seuss's birthday is today. And I was like, I hate this class. I hate this world. I want to go back home. But I hate Texas. <laughs> I hate Texas. I hate forever. So anyways, though those two birthdays. So happy
1: birthday to Dr. Seuss. Yeah. And happy birthday to Texas. Isn't
3: it funny how you, you kind of know, like, you know celebrities, yeah, you yeah. know things. Like, Wilt Chamberlain scored 100 points today. You probably, really? You probably saw it somewhere. Yeah, he scored 100 it, points yeah. in a game March yeah. 2nd. Yeah. yeah. All yeah, right. you know, you share a birthday with like Bon Jovi and things like that. Do you? Yeah. That's what awesome. about you? What do you share a birthday with? Do you I know? have no idea. Do you know like the celebrity?
1: I, I want to say Denzel Washington. It's either the same day or like a day or two apart. But that's the only thing, only one I know.
2: I don't know. Right. I don't. Yeah. I don't think I've looked it up. No. So I don't know.
1: <laughs> but happy birthday to Thank you! Thank you. It's a. Uh, it's always a good. What do day. I
3: hear? Do I hear Dave back there? I, there's is, something. Is I don't know what idiot? it is. <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> Dave's like, Hi, guys. Hey, what's up, Dave? Why does Indianapolis feel so far away? It's like reporting from Baghdad. Like, <laughs> what's up, man? No, uh, that's just that's just the cherry picker driving down the street. Sorry. Yeah, uh, got uh, it. Happy birthday, Nick! Thanks, bud. Appreciate it. Mine's so isolated here. You know, like wow. with you guys in December, it's just no, like we run back, back to back to, back, to, back, to, back, back, to yeah, back. Yeah, we're
1: all together. It's right like here,
3: here, here, here. Dave eating this half-eaten cake that we gave to Broadus. You
1: know? <laughs> So, Dave, man, what's going on out there in Indianapolis? Give us a, the update on what what you're seeing, what you're hearing, what's going on. You
4: know, it's kind of ironic because, like, I mean, the combine has started and it's it's picking up. But like, I've been here since Monday, and the thing that people are here for, which is the drills, like that doesn't even start until the weekend because they want to maximize the Ooh. TV viewership. So, yeah, like people are talking and and all of the good combine whispers and everything. It's just funny to me that. We're three days in, and, like, nothing has actually happened. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, that's the sideshow of the – honestly, the real reason you're here. Nobody actually cares about the drills. It's all about, you know, contract negotiations and all that type of stuff. And that's going on in earnest. Uh, We talked to Stephen Jones Monday. I still don't know when we're going to talk to Jerry Jones, but I actually – I have another interview with Stephen set up in just a little bit. So. Mm. All of all of the good all of the good combine storylines of who might be getting a pay cut or who might they be targeting for an extension, all that fun stuff.
3: So Dave Dave and I have talked about this. Like mm-hmm. I think I think the meeting is this afternoon and then after that like they got to get off the bus cuz then the agents are coming in.
1: Wait, so the meeting with Jerry on the bus? No,
3: no, no, the meeting with Steven today. They're going to meet okay. with Steven and it. then after that I reportedly the agents Reportedly. are coming in to meet afterwards, so Dave's going to go to the bathroom real quick and stay <laughs> there. Hide and stay there while J. Ron agent, or Schultz's agent, or Gregory's agent come in and meet on the bus.
1: You got that phone charged up, Dave? Oh yeah, I'm you record a, all that.
3: Solid, I got a solid seventy-five percent. I'm just
4: going <laughs> to hang out in the back and see what they'll let me.
1: <laughs> all right, Dave. So I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, and I understand as a reporter you can't always talk about everything that you hear, but what has been the most interesting little tidbit you've heard this week that that's safe for, for air, safe for radio?
4: <laughs> that is, yeah, I <laughs> mean, that's that's quite a contradiction. <laughs> um, man, so I, so I I feel like it's it's almost kind of beaten into the ground at this point. We've just we've talked so much Amari and so much to Marcus Lawrence. I think honestly, and I'll kind of I'll bail myself out because. The funny thing is, like you hear it, you hear it a little bit of both ways. Like you know, we got here Monday, and again, we've been talking about this for a month. Where it's like, oh man, they got some decisions to make. This could be a really hectic month. Um, and and Stephen was very non-committal about Amari Cooper's future on Monday. So you start connecting the dots, and it's like a certainty that Amari Cooper is not going to be on the team. And then I was out, you know, doing the hobnobbing thing last night. You just never know who you're going to run into. And then you wind up having a conversation where it's like, oh, you know, that's, don't don't be too quick with that. Like mm-hmm. we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. And but then the other side of it is like, oh, they you know they're already they're already talking about using that money to bring back a Schultz or a Gallup or whatever. Like it's it really is chaos. And the truth is somewhere in the middle. Um, but I guess the most interesting thing I've heard is I've heard it all. Like I, everybody's got a story that they're trying to sell, depending on who you're talking to.
1: Yeah. Wow. All right. So you you guys did talk to Stephen and you talked to Mike McCarthy. Uh, what were your, were your outtakes from that? What were the I guess the things that stood out to you from those conversations, uh, from those interviews that we've all heard? Uh, what What was most interesting to you? That's.
4: Well, Man, to be honest with you, it's funny. Like, again, like I was out late last night talking with Cowboys people, talking with NFL people. We did Steven. We've got another interview with Steven that we've been prepping for. I completely, like, forgot. Not only did we get to talk to Mike yesterday, but he took us to lunch. Uh, and, again, like, most of the good stuff happened after they made us turn our recorders off.
1: But mm. Always.
4: Um, yeah, we'll talk no, about that I, when you get back. Yeah, no, absolutely. But it's um, – <laughs> It, it, it was interesting. I thought I might talked a lot yesterday about, um, about the offense. And I mean, he did, he made the comment at the podium that he was, or no, I think he said it at lunch. He was like, we've got to find a way to improve the most productive offense in the league, which is a nice problem to have. That's some interesting perspective, but he talked about wanting, you know, the walk around head coach, you're all about where, where you need to be, what you need to focus on. And he made it pretty clear he thought he needed to focus on. Um, on the offense, and at the same time, though, I actually, I asked him directly how he felt about the job that Kellen Moore's done. Uh, he was very complimentary of Kellen, but talked about, I felt, I felt very smart for all four of us, honestly, because he talked about, talked to me about a lot of the stuff that we've talked about in regard to Kellen, whether it's situational stuff, red zone stuff, you know, growing pains that any young offensive play caller has. I thought it was interesting because I don't I don't think he shied away from some of the problems that the offense has had. Talked a lot about tendencies, um, you know, being being sure not to give away your tendencies to, to too many people or not to telegraph them too much. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I thought that was a really interesting, and, and it sounds like it, he wants that to be a focal point for his third year is not to, not to like, take play calling away from Kellen or revamp anything, but just to kind of maybe help him a little bit with the expertise that he does have as a play caller.
2: Dave, I have a question for you. Going back to kind of switching the conversation to the combine, I know you, you said that not a lot has happened yet, but usually, you know, you kind of tend to keep an eye on certain guys or wanting to look at certain guys. So as of right now, what would be like either a name or a position that – and I know the Cowboys are kind of all over the board, so it's very hard to pick one. But at this moment, what would be a position that's kind of getting hot for the Cowboys
4: Well, the interesting thing for me is, I mean, like, I always say this. There's, like, there's several storylines. There's the storyline when the season ends. There's the storyline at the Combine when you're starting to revamp your roster. And then, like, when free agency gets going and the league year starts, it completely changes again. Um, And I bring that up because, again, like what we were just talking about, me right now, like, there's, there's, like, a small list of guys that I'm focused on um, but I know it's completely going to change. Like we've talked a lot about Tyler Linderbaum is the center out of Iowa. Um, N'Kobe Dean is a linebacker out of Georgia. This team obviously needs help at linebacker next to Micah Parsons. But if all of this stuff pops off with Amari Cooper and or Demarcus Lawrence, this is a super deep edge rushing, edge rushing class. Um, obviously there's two guys at the top of it that the Cowboys don't have a shot at. But, like, a, a guy like George Karloftis out of Purdue is a guy that becomes very, very interesting if DeMarcus Lawrence isn't on this team. How about I, – I joked with Nick about this the other day when we were talking about work stuff. I mean, if Amari Cooper's not on this team, Traylon Burks out of Arkansas, like, he <laughs> skyrockets to the top of my list mm. of guys that I would love for the Cowboys to draft. And that's the funny thing. Like, two weeks from now – we could be hyper-focused on wide receivers, of which there are a lot of good ones. Burks is one. Chris Olave, out of Ohio State, actually just spoke to the media about an hour ago. Really talented player who I think is going to perform very well in the drills this week. Um, so I, I just I always love the way that that shifts. Is like you know we're super focused on guards and centers and linebackers right now, but two weeks from now it could be a completely different story. So edge rusher and. And wide receiver become a lot interest, a lot more interesting to me, depending on what happens
3: with free agency. All right, Dave, I'm going to go back to the to the the roster real quick. And so you say, like, I, I can I can foresee this conversation you had last night. Like, well, everyone's saying Amari's probably going to be cut, and then whoever, drink. whoever was sitting there, like, oh, having some drinks, like, ah, contrary, hold on, you know, like, like yep. cause that's what people do. Oh, it's like I felt, there. I <laughs> I felt like Mike was doing that yesterday when Tony Pollard needs more carries or Amari Cooper didn't get open. And I felt like he was kind of defending that, like, well, that's just the narrative for you. I guys.
4: thought so too. I absolutely thought that was the case. Like he I was just kind of
3: like, hold on, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. He was, yeah. He basically was like, you know, what are other guys doing? Like, are we doing enough to get, get him featured? Or Are other guys doing enough to take the pressure off him? That's the way I took it. Um, and he he sort he was like, yeah, you have to have these types of football conversations before you can have a contract conversation because it all ties in. It's like, you know, if he's if he's hitting your cap for twenty million, yeah, that's what everybody focuses on. But okay, let's look at you know how are teams playing him? How are we? How are the other guys on this offense helping him? And he he had a big thing about you know to win playoff games, to win games against really good teams deep in the postseason. Like mm-hmm. you need your your third, fourth, fifth perimeter player to step up. And yeah, I like, I was kind of side-eyeing Mike while he was saying all this. I was like, you don't sound like a guy that thinks Amari Cooper's a bum. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. Like it's, it's yeah. one of those things that it's, it's like I said, like everybody's selling a narrative and I, I like, I still, I, I lean toward thinking something's going on with Amari, but who knows? Maybe they really haven't made up their minds.
1: Yeah, yeah and that's what honestly it sounds like to me across the board is there are a lot of decisions that have to be made. And I'm not sure that anybody in this building, or I guess the guys that are down in Indy, really know exactly what they're going to do with all of them. And that's where the conversations are going to come in. What are they going to hear when they talk to the different agents? And what are they going to hear when they, when they start thinking about who they can possibly get in the draft and who they think would be available to them that could possibly replace guys? There's a lot of stuff that has to be decided. I don't think they know the answers right now. No.
4: Which, that's kind of... I love that you said that Derek. I think it's like you read my story. That's I mean that's what I wrote <laughs> the other day and and Stephen kind of said that. He was like, "You know, it's it's still pretty early and this is this is typically where you start talking to agents and start trying to lay the groundwork for what's going to happen." And that's all well and good, but you know, I I bl- I feel like I blinked and it was March. I mean, the yeah. league year is 15 days away yeah. or four, 14 days away now. It's March 2nd now. Yeah, it's not even the 1st anymore. So you got two weeks to figure it out, or maybe maybe two and a half, because Amari's salary doesn't become guaranteed until the fifth day of the league year. So, I mean, you can stretch it out if you want to, but you you gotta. It's time to start figuring this out. You don't. It, it, it seems like a lot of time. It's really not.
1: Yep. All right, Dave. Uh, real quick, give us a schedule. What's coming up here in the next, I guess, day or so? When, when can we? When can we? For those of us that'll be watching it on TV, do you know when those uh, when the the, the, t- the players are actually going to be on the field and doing the That's- drills?
4: That's the funny thing, man. Like, to be, I'll be very blunt with you. I have no clue because, like, that, <laughs> stuff, that stuff feels so secondary. First of all, like, we're not allowed in. We're not yeah. allowed in the building to watch it. And then they stretch it out to the weekend, which honestly is usually when reporters leave town. Um, but, I like, we have so much stuff coming. Like I said, I'll, I'll say it for the 10th time. We're meeting with Steven in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get a, a nice little exclusive with him, talk about some draft, talk about some free agency stuff. I think we're going to have that on the site. And I think we're also going to have it on the draft show today. Uh, we're supposed to record another episode of the draft show with Dane Bruegler later this afternoon. Good stuff. I heard a rumor that Will McClay is actually going to come and sit down on our set uh, tomorrow, which would be amazing. He, do- he usually doesn't do that till after the draft. So for him to take the time to do that in the middle of the combine would be really great. And then <laughs> there's the the lingering Jerry Jones State of the Union is still to come, too. So, I mean... We're going to have more content than I can even wrap my brain around here in the next like, three or so days.
1: So, hey, Do me yeah. one favor. When you, when you talk to Steven, I do have one question I'd love for you to ask him. Okay. I'm just interested to know, do they, how comparable do they think Blake Jarwin is to Dalton Schultz? Because like, I think there's a lot of talk about Dalton Schultz and what he provided for this offense. I'd be interested to know, if they would even say it, how comparable they think those two players are. So ask him that
4: for you. I, hey, we're the only ones talking to him, so I can do that for
1: you. Good. Awesome. Let's do that. All right, Dave, we appreciate you, man. We'll have All you right. uh, We'll have you back in studio with us next week. You have a safe trip and enjoy Indianapolis. And uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we got lots of questions to talk about here. Uh, we'll talk about some free agency stuff. We'll do that. We'll come All right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio.
0: At AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it for turning your living room into your office and your gym. We're teaching Grandma how to video call and teaching her again.
4: It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left.
0: It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T is giving everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply.
3: to the break. Whether you're watching from home or cheering in the stands or reading a book, Essler lenses, you'll see every exciting play or word. Book an appointment at your local Essler experts and find the perfect Essler lens for you. See more, do more, Essler.
1: Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Life in SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We were just joined by Dave Helm. He told us all about what he's hearing out there in Indianapolis. I'm sure, Nick, you've had that experience. It's, you know, that part of the, the trip. When we talk about the trip. We talk about it's the stuff that we get that may not necessarily be on camera that might be yeah. just as good as the stuff that is on camera. Uh, and those opportunities just to talk to different guys and get to know things that will help us down the road. So, Certainly. It's, stuff. It's,
3: it's fun, and it's it's one of those head on a swivel type things because you never know yeah. where to go. And, and, and that's the difference, and I say this all the time. And, and one of the riders who's been doing this for years, he told me when my very first year covering the team, he said there's a difference between covering the team and covering the beat. Mm. And I didn't understand that at the time, and I certainly understand it now. You see people that show up at restaurants, you're like, oh, I go to this restaurant every year. Why? Because Jerry and Steven and Jerry Jr. and whoever, they'll be there. And then when they're there, then you talk to them and all that. And then you may sit there, and who knows how the conversation goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this other place over here is a lot more fun, but this place is where you might have to talk to people, and the other writers know it too, and you have to play defense. That's covering the beat Mm -hmm. that is like hey I have to do this I have to walk 18 holes with Tony Romo for this golf tournament that he's not going to win but we're going to walk and we're going to talk to him and all that for that one minute that that you might get that actually has some stuff in it Yeah, that's covering the beat yeah, you know, and so that that's kind of what Dave's doing, and uh, you know, not not that Dave doesn't want to go to the bar, you know, but I'm just saying, <laughs> but it's it's part of it though. So
1: it's, yeah, I it's, think that's probably the fun part of it yeah, for reporters. Fun. That's a part of what you get geeked up to do, right? I
3: mean, there's a lot of people. There's talk about the combine moving and all that, and there's there'll be people that'll kind of be you know disappointed a little bit if it moves to to Dallas because Indian, Indianapolis does it well, but. It is fun to like go on the road and and do that stuff. It'll yeah. be a little different if, if you're, you're if you're here, but like it of course would be better for us. We have more resources as yeah. well. Yeah, I but that's know.
1: that's kind of like what we do when we had to do training camp here uh, in the past. Like it's like it's harder because <laughs> you know when we're at we're at training camp in California, you're at training camp in yeah. California. Like. Husband wife can't say, hey, uh, I need you to come home and help out with this. Right, right, right. Like, you can't come home. But when you're here in Dallas, yeah. it's like, hey, something us, came when, up. You when know?
2: we go over there, you, it's like you're in a different space, but you feel like family in a way. Like we know each yeah. other. We talk around each other and you feel closer. Yeah. When training camp, for example, using training camp as an example, we go we come over here, then – we have restrictions and there's more limitations yep. and it's just the the a disconnect is creative where now we're just like everybody else in the media. Yeah, kind of thing. exactly.
3: It just feels like working late. You know, basically a training training camp here, you
1: know, so. All right. Let's jump in. I want to talk about Steven Jones uh, and then some of the comments that he made earlier this week and get you guys' opinions. Uh, He was talking about Amari Cooper. And I I think just it was also kind of about DeMarcus. But I think the the question was specific to Amari. Um, And his response was, it's too early for me to address that. I don't want to address any of that as far as the details of the contract. Um, And where I found a stark contrast was he was asked about Zeke Elliott, and his response was, I want Zeke on my team. Obviously, his contract, his money's guaranteed. He's going to be here. There's no question. My question for you guys is, obviously, we all understand the contracts are one thing, uh, but does that also tell you something? Do you get some insight out of what they're thinking about with Amari, maybe with DeMarcus, just knowing that 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 is not as concrete, that is not as as written in stone, and it does make it a situation where maybe – those guys are are legitimately out of the door
3: no i don't think so i I think that if zeke's contract was similar to that then i think they might say i think they would be on the table to maybe release him Mm -hmm. um i think it 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 starts with the with the fact that you can't move them you know it's like it's like you, you you go up and this is your house and this is a huge statue and it's it's not being moved and you're like do you like this statue? It's like, I don't know. You could say it's ugly or not, but guess what? You're not moving it. So it's just yeah. going to sit here. So we must, we better like it because yeah. this is the way it's going to be, at least for right now. So, yeah, of course you got to say that about Zeke and all that stuff. I think if Zeke's contract was at the point that those other two were, I think they might try to move on. I know they would move on from, I really do. I mean, his, 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 yes, he had a good season when he was healthy and all that, but that's part of it. That's the running back. He doesn't. They don't stay healthy at this part in their career. So, um, But I, I think they're going to say all the right things because they know he's going to be here. But the other two, you can you can move on from them because they have other options as well.
2: And that's the thing. It's like um, if they were sure about it, it's one of those things you are talking about two guys or guys that are under contract currently. You're, this is not a free agent guy that's about, you know, That you want to keep it kind of to yourself and not really say anything. But if you feel 100% sure or close to being sure to wanting someone to stay, I think you would go out and say, well, yeah, we're looking at all, all the options and stuff. But we definitely want to keep or try to keep a guy like Amari Cooper or not even say keeping, but say, yeah, a guy like Amari Cooper... Does a whole lot for us and kind of just kind of back it up and give them more flowers, you know, and make you feel like, okay, they definitely. But something about it, it's like makes me want to think something's going on to where maybe they're not feeling as sure or as happy or as like you feel like they are going to keep him. I don't know. I don't know how to feel right now, but it just doesn't feel like. Amari Cooper would be here next year. Yeah,
1: what do you think is the timeline? Obviously, for Mari, you've got the five days into the the next uh, calendar. I mean, the next uh, year for the NFL, they have to make a decision, or they're going to be tied into his his money. But for Demarcus, what do they have a timeline? What do you think is the timeline for that decision?
3: You know, I think that I, I don't know about the the time. I don't know if he's got a bonus on the in that at all. But I I do think that. There's a priority there that they have to, to to decide on both positions. And then the interesting thing is those two guys are under contract, but the next guy that's in the consideration is not under contract. So is Gregory a higher priority than D Law? Mm-hmm. Do you have to sign resign him? And if you do, we gotta cut D Law. Or do we wanna sign Michael Gallup or Cedric Wilson or both? And then if that's the case, do you cut you know, so because if you sit there, let's just say that they don't do anything with Amari, and Gallup signs with another team, and what Cedric signs with another team, and they don't really like what they're seeing from other you know, guys, free agents. They're like, wait a second. Do we really want to cut Amari? Yeah, hard? you really can't. Yeah. So that's why, I think that's why it's set for the fifth day of the league year. That's why those things are set mm-hmm. like that, to see kind of how things go and see what the market looks like. you Because know? if, if, if four guys sign deals in free agency that are $20 million a year, 22, million, you million, know, some guy, and you're like, he isn't half as good as Amari hold up here you know what I mean so I, I don't know I don't know if I answered the question it,
1: no you it, it did go ahead
2: I was just gonna say it is interesting the way that Stephen Jones kind of put those two groups because we've been talking about these guys on here yeah. but me in my head I guess I didn't necessarily put the two groups of like okay wide receiver you got Amari Cooper on their contract and then the two next guys which would be free agents Michael Gallup Cedric Wilson on the other side of the ball, DeMarcus Lawrence under contract, then you got Randy Gregory, and then another guy that also, yeah. a guy that has done fairly well and that you're still considering is Dor- Dorrance Armstrong, and they're all in the defensive end position. So <laughs> that's a tough decision because you got both sides equally as important on both sides of the ball, and then what do you do? And right now, I don't know, Like, for sh- are you guys feeling like for sure, for sure, they do need to make a decision whether... It's a guy like DeMarcus Lawrence or Amari Cooper. Like there has to be a decision made between those two guys of like actually getting rid of or maybe just restructuring their contract somehow. I,
1: I honestly believe it has to do with what, like, like Nick was saying. Like, what are you doing with those other guys? Because if if your target, let's say for example, your target is Michael Gallup, you're like, we really want Michael Gallup back on this team. Then yes, now I think your decision on Amari has to come and it needs to come swiftly because that's going to affect that decision. If you feel the same way about DeMarcus Lawrence, it's the same thing. Like, do you think you absolutely need DeMarcus Lawrence? And you're like, He's, he, we really don't want to let him go? Then I think you're probably making a decision that we're okay with the idea that we're going to let Randy walk because you can't have both. I don't think in, in these instances you can have Gallup and Amari or you can have uh, DeMarcus mm-hmm. and and um, and, okay. and Randy. So I, I think the, all of those decisions kind of flow together. Some of them are free agent decisions. Some of them are just decisions about guys that are under contract. Yeah.
2: What's crazy is how... You would consider your second guy on both sides, on both positions, like your second guy is going to determine what you do with your first guy, with your starter, like your main starter. Maybe, yeah. Which I, I think we can all agree, like d would be like their main starter over Randy at this point, right? A little bit ahead. I don't
1: know. that. See, that's the interesting part. That's why I said maybe. Yeah. And the reason why I say maybe is because um I, I think when everybody's healthy, I think DeMarcus – is a better player than Randy. But when you factor in all the injury things that you've had to deal with with DeMarcus over the last few years, then I start to say, well, I think Randy might have the leg up because he hasn't played as much football, his body's probably healthier. So so from that standpoint, I think I don't I don't know that I would say that he's clear that DeMarcus is clearly the better of the two guys. It's just like Playing cards. What I like about this is
3: is when you think about these two positions, we're talking about Gregory and D Law. We're trying to figure out who's the king, who's the queen. Yeah. Same with <laughs> with with Gallup yeah. and 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 Amari and all that because in their mind. They got aces in both. Yeah, they got pass rushers. They have an ace in, in Micah Parsons. They got to figure out how to use them, and then they feel like CDs are yeah. more the ace. So that's a good problem to have. Is that it's a great analogy. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, great and, analogy. and the thing about receiver is more like Amari's the king, but you would rather have the jack and the queen, which is like Cedric and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. But you know. I don't like calling any of the players like a queen, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I get your point, yeah.
1: and I think it's a really good analogy. And I can't it is.
3: do the are, chess. I players. would do chess, but I don't know anything about that. I don't you know. Play, chess. Well, you
2: know, play the test. queen is the.
3: That's that's the lead, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, I got you.
2: I'm trying not to say words, but she she's yeah. the ma- yeah.
1: She can handle her business.
3: Yeah, <laughs> she, she's, the, she's the man. Yeah, yeah.
1: probably not. No, no. Yeah. she she's the woman. She's the she can handle her business. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, What's the you rook? don't
2: need the king. The she don't, yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> she, she's protecting him. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, okay, uh, let's do this. Let's 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 move that conversation a little bit. I want to talk about uh, the franchise tag. Actually, Stephen was asked about that, and his response was, "We haven't ruled that out." Uh, says they're still thinking about what they might do and how they might use it. Talk to me about who the candidates are. Obviously, you've got guys like Dalton Schultz and Randy Gregory. Are there other guys you think could be in play here that they could consider for the franchise tag? I think it's Schultz.
3: It was. It would be the one candidate there.
1: So Randy, you don't even think of as a franchise tag candidate? Mm. <laughs> it's like
3: seventeen million or something like that. I mean, it as ain't a, as cheap. A, no, because you've got guys like. I mean, you got these defensive ends that are that are out. I mean. I don't even know if Demarcus Lawrence is in the top five of that, but I mean it, wow. it's twenty at uh, twenty-one million a year. Yeah. So the average of that, I mean, it's it's up there. He probably is in the top.
2: Well, and five. you also put in one of the stories you did maybe yesterday or the mm-hmm. day before yesterday. You added um, Brian Anger in that list, which was kind of like I was like, huh,
3: yeah. Yeah, it's but interesting. If I could, it edit, is. But if I, I could go edit that, I probably you take think, it out. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I talked to some people about that. That that number is a little higher than what they want to go there with mm-hmm. anger. Um, that one's going to be interesting too. The Cowboys have or, have done some research on that. They've looked at that and, and looking at his career, and that you know sounds like he does better on contract years. Uh, he <laughs> hasn't done as well once they get the deal, so they're trying to figure that out. And I do think, and I I know this. That the punter position and the kicker position will kind of play off of each other. There's probably a total number that they want to spend within those two guys. Mm. Let's not forget Jake McQuaid. I was about to say, how does the long snapper fit in? McQuaid that? is also free agent. Yeah, but but um, boy, the narrative has changed on John Fossil a lot. Uh, Bones, mm. um, now you know he's had. I mean, last year it was like after the fake punt, the fia- you know, fiasco and all that stuff. This year, though, special teams has done a really good job. They're blocking punts. Mm-hmm. The punter had an all worlds, you know. Year and they
1: haven't had to do crazy stuff to do it. Like they're, no. they're playing good, sound football. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: So, and 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 the, and the guys know that. I mean, Anger knows that. He yeah. knows that he benefits by being in this system with John Fossil. So we'll see if the you know there's any kind of discount there. if This is where yeah. they wants to be, but. Um, Zerline, you know, he's under contract. Zerline is in another one of those, D-Law, yeah. Amari, that he may not be here just just for, the you know, just contract. I mean, it's $2.5 a, a year. That's not a lot. It's 17th in, uh, among kickers yeah. in the in the league. I thought $2.5 for a
1: kicker would be a lot higher than That's that. That's probably where he is as far as his ability to kick right now if you look at, like, his statistical. Middle of the road. Yeah, he's a middle road kind of guy, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so. he's he's
3: been middle of the road. Yeah. And that's he's he's one of those guys. He's a clutch kicker. I think he makes good kicks, but he also will miss it. You know, some head scratches. Point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I did. I went around the the league and and, and looked this up. Of the, of the top twenty five kickers in the league, um, the average extra point misses is, is like one point five. Every kicker misses about an average of one point five. He missed six per extra. season. No, just last year. Oh, okay, last year. Because there's a few kickers that did not miss an extra point. There's yeah. some missed one, two. The average is one point five. He missed six. Oh. And Nick Folt missed five. Whew. I mean, that's just—it's amazing.
1: I, I have to—I have to think that's a mental thing. If you can kick a fifty-yarder, a forty-eight-yarder with pretty good regularity, and you miss six yeah. extra points when the average is one point five, I have to think that's but, a mental.
3: But thing. here's the best part, or here's the interesting part about that and I'm not a shrink at all yeah but he fixes it like mentally I don't even know if you could say it's mental because if it was mental then why can you miss in Tampa Bay miss an extra point miss another 30yard kick that didn't even hit the ship It was so far left And then he comes back And hits two clutch kicks
1: But can't mental Also be about focus Sometimes the miss Has a way of Focusing you in Sometimes the miss Has the ability Of allowing you To, to, to kind of Figure out what correct. you did Wrong and correct Right So so that could also so Be mental, mental as well maybe his mental
3: Isn't as bad as you think Right I mean, That's my point like yeah, And I was
1: actually Making that point That if it's mental That doesn't always mean That that's a guy You necessarily want To get rid of Because yeah. sometimes You can fix mental Right
2: what I've heard is that sometimes when it comes to kicker, in order to fix something like that, you need a change of environment. So it would lead to him not even being here and going somewhere else. But mental or non-mental, hmm. I think most will agree that a change at the kicker position is needed. Hmm. So he his time seems to be up for me. From
1: <laughs> I think everybody listening to yeah. us agrees with you. Uh, I guess the point I'm making, though, is I, when I when I talk mental – I think sometimes not being mentally tough is what requires a different venue. It doesn't sound like that's the issue. I don't think he's not mentally tough because he wouldn't be able to correct Mm -hmm. if he wasn't – he would go downhill every time it went bad. I think the difference is he just may not, for whatever reason, he may not be as focused. He may not be able to, during the game, at the beginning of the game, may not be right in sync, but as the game goes on, he's mentally tough enough to be able to, okay, I can let that go. Let me figure out what I did wrong. Okay, I'll make this one adjustment, and bam, now we're kicking them in, right? And so that kind of mental, I do think you yeah. can fix yeah. those kinds of things.
2: But I also I have to put some blame on the Cowboys, because why do they try so hard to kind of protect their kickers? Like, why? Again, remind me, at training camp, from what I remember, I know I wasn't there, and I wasn't taking care of a baby. But from what I remember, there was no competition. So, and we go, I feel like it's been several years where we go into training camp thinking there's, oh, there's going to be a healthy competition at the kicker position. And it never really actually happens. So, and then even like preseason games, did he play, was he playing at preseason games? Did he play it?
3: Uh, Zerline? Yes. Had the nice back injury. kicking
2: all during camp. Had the and, back injury. Yeah. You
3: know, nice winder kicked all that. Yeah. I mean, it was kinda, he was
1: kicking and punting, wasn't he? Yeah,
3: and, and, and not kicking very not well. And back. they didn't have a kicker. And then he kicked And preseason. The last preseason game, they, they tried a 50-something yarder and he
2: missed. Okay, well, yeah. either way, the point is, like, you go into the season, you start the season not really seeing a whole lot mm-hmm. from your kicker. And even years before, you don't see... Somebody else kicking because it's easy to say, oh, yeah, we can bring in a new kicker anytime. time. But then <laughs> when does it actually happen? And then we get guys during the middle of the season trying out and then that doesn't lead to anywhere. And at, at that point, most kickers are taken. Most kickers that can do actually something. So I just put it on the Cowboys. But going back to the tag, I don't think this is a year for any tag. I wouldn't tag anybody at all. There's nobody that seems appealing to me to put a tag on that. I,
1: I agree with that. The the only reason I, I kind of was intrigued by what you said with 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 anger is talking about his career and how he's done better when he has like one year and and or it's a contract year. To me, I look at that and say that would be a prime candidate for somebody you put on a franchise tag and say, do it again. And if the number, if the amount of money that you pay him isn't crazy. Then it makes sense. You get to make him do it again. Make him show you what he did last because he did. He played really well last year. Mm. So if you can get one more year to say, "Hey, show me that again," and then maybe we'll talk about a long-term deal. I think that's the example of where you'd want to use it. I, don't, the I just don't tag.
3: think that that number for the franchise tag for a punter is as high. It's, it's just it's too low, high yeah. that they want to go.
1: Yeah, and that makes sense.
3: Yeah. So I mean. Uh, I think tight. I think Schultz might be the best option if they want to do it. But I, I agree. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it do that. at That's eleven a million a year. No, I wouldn't. It, do I, that. I, I don't. I, no, because especially because you can't. I mean, if I'm going to do that for Schultz, I mean, I don't think he's going to. I think this is what he is. I think he's a good. Solid. I don't think he's going to get a lot better. I think he's going to get. This is it. So if I'm going to do that with Schultz at eleven a year, then I'll sign him to a four year, forty four million dollar deal, and then work with the where the you don't have to pay eleven this year. Because I think he's going to be what he is. I think he's a good player. He'll never be like the star tight end. So, I mean, if I'm going to get him at 11 a year, then I'm going to do it in a long-term deal and spread it out and maybe don't eat so much of it right now. I can't pay 11 for him right now on this cap.
1: I'd be interested to see what what Steven says to that question, but I honestly believe he and Blake Jarwin are comparable players. I think had it not been for the injury with Jarwin, we'd be talking about Jarwin right now in the same way Mm -hmm. of being a guy that's a safety valve for Dak Dak drops the ball off to him. And by the way, Blake does have the ability, I think, to make some bigger plays. Like, Blake is not—he uh, he is the kind of guy that can get downfield a little bit more than than Schultz can. And I think Schultz, he is just a guy that has a knack for getting in the right spot, and he'll catch the ball. And, and that there's a place for that, and that that matters. That's not $11 million, though. And I think those are comparable players. I think if he's gone, I think Blake will do every bit of what Dalton Schultz well, did for you.
3: Schultz has never been in a situation where you didn't have C.D. Lamb mm-hmm. and Amari Cooper taking these outside stuff like, that. and then he could just work the middle, and that's where Dak wants to throw right. it. But. If you don't have that on the outside and you're not worried about the receiver as much and you can maybe get a safety or something to guard Schultz, then I don't know if he's going to be as good. I think he's yep. benefited from these great receivers, and he may be taking one of them away.
1: I agree wholeheartedly. All right, we're going to take our final break. We'll come back. we got some more questions with regards to the franchise tag. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio.
3: Back to the break. AT&T Stadium coming up. And now we can say it's next month. Next month. April 2nd, April 3rd. WWE superstars return for WrestleMania. It's a two-night event. Get your tickets. To make WrestleMania history, visit SeatGeek.com, the official ticketing provider of AT&T Stadium.
1: Welcome back. Final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios. At the Star, we're talking about the franchise tag. I have a scenario. F- okay, go ahead.
2: I have a question. All right. If you don't mind me ruining your Go. Your go for plan, it. It's the season. <laughs> during the break, we were talking about um, contracts and mm-hmm. ex- expectations and what kind of expectations come with the money that you pay the player. Mm-hmm. And we see it all the time. It happens all the time where someone gets paid and then people start killing them and criticizing them for not being as good on the field. But is it maybe that we're at a point where we are the ones who need to change our own mindsets rather than keep expecting these players that get paid to Mm -hmm. perform at an even higher level? Or... Do we still keep complaining and saying, no, this player actually needs to be playing at that level? You know what I mean? The yeah. difference between them actually doing it versus us maybe kind of lowering our own self-expectations of what we think of a player?
1: No, I, I think you're, the first way you put it is absolutely right. It ain't going to happen. It'll never like, happen. Like, it's not going to happen. Like, yes, it yeah. should, but we, that's the world, the world we live in. Like, everybody is always going to—the the money becomes the big target. And that means if you're making that money, and by the way, part of this is not fair to the player, but part of this is the amount of money these guys make is so much higher than your average everyday fan. Mm-hmm. And so the fan looks at it and is like, man, you give me $11 million a year, I'll make that block. No, they can't. <laughs> but they will say, I'll make that block. Like, y'all making $11 million. So I I don't think it's ever going to change. That's that, just a part of it. It's my, the target.
3: It's that mindset that people think that you would do it if you made eleven million dollars. Right. The reason why you don't, and you probably make eleven dollars an hour, is because you can't make that block, right. and you've never made it since junior high. Like that's yeah. that's and why maybe
1: missed it that and maybe you missed it that, that and that maybe game game you missed it,
3: you missed that, it day. that game that's, too. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, it's it, it's funny how people think like the money is supposed to make things different and right. better, and it's. And it's not.
1: but It's just the market value is what it is.
3: But you're on to something, though, that there are people that think that your team needs to – that you need to keep a stay-hungry approach, which means you don't pay – you don't sit there and go, all right, well, if we don't pay D-Law, we're going to lose him. Then, then let him go. You know, like at some point you have to do that. And that's where I think the Cowboys are at right now. You're going to lose Dalton Schultz. You're going to lose Randy Gregory if you don't pay him. And they're going to have to make some tough
1: decisions and say, all right, go. But here's the flip side of that. Then people sit there and they look at a Byron Jones and he goes to Miami and plays really well. And they look at a Cheeto Beowoozie and he goes to the Bengals and he plays really well. And they look at a DeMarcus Ware that goes to Denver and wins his championship. And again, I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that there are lots of caveats to that. All I'm saying is when fans are looking at it, they're like, Man, we let him go, but man, he's so much better in that place than he was here. But, What's wrong with us? You but, know.
3: But like you said in the break, the Tyrone Crawfords of the world, the Jason Hatchers of the world. If you would have said, "Hey, Anthony Hitchens, we, he wants ten million a year," you got to let him go. You got to let Cheeto. They want to give Cheeto nine million a year. Bye. I mean, but he
1: kind of earned it.
3: But yeah, but I mean, uh, don't get me started about it because. <laughs> That comment he made before the Super Bowl. I mean, I thought that what? was I didn't hear, wait, that what? was low hanging fruit, and that was that was what a was the critical thing. He said he basically said that we don't even have an indoor facility. You don't have you don't need all the the, the lights and the bells and whistles to to do well. Oh, He's okay. basically taking a shot at what the Cowboys have and all that. But and he said
1: Beasley said the same
3: right, thing when he went to no, Buffalo, right? Yeah. But Beasley he but Cheeto called himself a blue collar. He goes, I'm a blue collar guy. Yeah. No, you're not. He's not. He's not. He did. He didn't do that. When when he had the hamstring injury, he milked it as long as he could because he knew he was going to be a free agent, and he said as much. And he didn't want. It. And when they were six and ten and losing games at the end of the year, he didn't want to be a part of that. So you don't come back now because your team, because of Joe Burrow, made it to the Super Bowl and call yourself a blue collar guy when the Cowboys were trying to trade him because he didn't, wasn't playing. So I I, that, I have a problem with that, and yeah. then and then to talk about the
1: indoor facility and all that stuff. But you, know, that's that's the guys always, especially guys that leave here, and leave here when they thought like they were it underappreciated. Yeah. Like they, they always would take the shot. The Cowboys are just glitzy and glamour, and then media does it as well. It's fine, yeah. it's fine. But I, my, I guess my point though is, I think there are, you know, it, there is that that thinking of okay, let a guy go a little too soon rather than a little too late. Yeah. But I think it also burns you when you see those players leave and go somewhere else. And same thing happened with Hitchens. Hitchens might not yeah. have been a great player, but he went to Kansas City and won a championship as a starting linebacker. So when you see that you're just kind of like, man, why why aren't the guys able to have that same kind of impact here? They leave here and immediately have that type of success or impact somewhere else. You know,
2: I uh-huh. I always think of that, but look at and I don't know if you guys might know any names out of the top of your head, but are there guys where that story happens with us that they kind of are bad yeah. at with their? Any notable guys?
1: Uh, Mark Colombo is a great example. I'm sure the Bears fans are like, "How the heck is he playing like he's playing over there when he played like that over here?" J. Ron Kirsch, wherever he's been, they're probably like that. Wasn't the guy that was here? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, those guys. I mean, the same thing happens here. Now we haven't had the team success. Yeah. When you start talking about guys like Demarcus and and Hitchens and and, and Cheeto. But certainly from just individual I think it happens all around the right. league every single year. Yeah. I mean, but but the
3: the point that I was making is is that the other teams are in better financial situations. So the the Bengals needed to they needed to get a good cornerback. So they got they paid for Cheeto yeah. and and the Cowboys just couldn't afford the 19 million. million. The, and they couldn't afford the Dolphins the 17 million for for Byron Jones. I mean, but I don't I mean, is
1: Byron Jones lighting the world on fire over there? I, this last year, he wasn't as good as the first. The first year, I think he was, yeah. a lot of people were questioning, like, did Dallas make the right yeah. decision. Mm-hmm. I think now it probably is a less of a conversation because Trayvon Diggs is playing sure, in the way that he's sure. playing, right? Yeah. Uh, but it, but if Trayvon wasn't playing that way, I think people would probably still but be saying was that the right decision. What,
3: what I what I want to know, and I bet we can look this up. What players have the Cowboys drafted here that have gone to another team and made Pro Bowls? Like Beasley's had a good year, and he's not yeah. the reason the Bills have done great. And neither was Hitchens, and neither was Cheeto. I mean, they, they were great contributors. But who's gone and been the man?
1: Did you, did Cheeto get to the Pro Bowl this year? No, no,
3: no, okay.
1: no way. I mean, I I don't think he he did. not he was? I'm sure he's been. Yeah, no, he was up there. He well, was considered I, one of the better corners in the in the AFC. But I didn't I, know if he had I gotten in or not. Don't but, think so. Well, okay. He obviously
3: didn't play because yeah. they were playing in the game, yeah, yeah. and he got a pick in that game. Um, yeah. And and again, and I'm not I'm not trying to knock him. I I like him as yeah, a yeah. person. I just didn't think I, I hated that comment because I thought. It was, it was like, it's funny how your narrative changed over, over the time. But good good for him, good for the Bengals and all that. They had the money to pay for it. But the only person I can think of, and just because I remember running into him one time in the Pro Bowl, was, was Martellus Bennett, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, Marty yeah, Marty did Mar- B- it, B- yeah. And, and,
3: and he had Witten in his way, and so that was going to happen, yeah, you know? Yeah, makes sense, yeah. Um, I, I can't think of many others, though, that have gone. I mean, DeMarcus where? But that was a kind yeah. of a different time as well.
1: Yeah. Um, I think they wanted a different role from him than what the Cowboys needed. Yeah. The Cowboys needed him to be the man. There, they needed him to be a piece yeah. as and, a difference and kind yeah. of help
3: Von Miller yeah. be the man. And Von Miller will tell you right now that that having Demarcus there was one of the best things that ever happened to him in his yeah. career. So,
1: um, but I mean, that's a great point. It, it, but but I, I guess what our conversation really was centered around is how fans think about it. Yeah, and and I don't think fans think about it necessarily I mean, like that. They just see the the success that's surrounding them, and they're like. Man, they must be yeah. contri- They're they must be contributing to that success. Why weren't they able to have that kind of success I here? mean,
3: you think Schultz will go somewhere and catch 90 passes and go to the Pro Bowl and all that? I, Not I, unless he's got two great receivers on the outside yeah, I just, and a good I quarterback. Just, I just don't see it. Now, I and, and if that happens, I do think it'll be like, well, damn. But if you, you let Randy go after all this and he goes and gets 14 sacks for somebody else. And that's very doable. Hmm. I then think. that I think I th- I don't think Jerry could could live with that yeah especially after all the times yeah. the three a.m. phone calls and stuff and that the stuff that he's done and the both of them have done I don't think Jerry can live with himself for that and and I think he w- I think that's why he's gonna stay but because I, 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 I think he can get a fourteen sack year for the Vikings or you know somewhere yeah. I don't but
1: know. I do think you're facing that with two guys this year I think both Demarcus and Amari could leave here and go somewhere and have phenomenal years next year. I think both of them are capable of that. That's true. And so no matter how it plays out, if they're not on this team, that's something fans are going to be looking at, and they're going to be like, if they have those great seasons, they're going to be like, man, why couldn't they do that? Because I think if if Amari were, let's say Amari were replaced with Devontae Adams in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, he would have, in my opinion, Devontae Adams-type numbers. Cowboys never used him like that, whether it's the quarterback, the offensive coordinator, whomever. Yeah. They never used him in that way, but he's capable. He's absolutely capable of being that type of receiver in my opinion.
2: I was going to say the difference here, or for example, with a guy like Demarcus Lawrence, you have a decent enough amount of years to look at and, like, analyze and be like, okay, what has he done for us? How has he improved or declined? And regardless of his contract money, but, you know, we were talking about this, even putting the money aside, well, you can't put the money aside, okay. You have to look at it, too. But he hasn't necessarily been the kind of guy that is 1,000% contributing the way you want him to. And he is a leader, he he's done other things, he helps, his presence on the field helps other guys around him as well, even Randy Gregory have the kind of success that he's had, but when you look at and start talking about the injuries, are you now concerned, how concerned are you about his injury, and last year was the main year that he missed that kind of amount of time, uh, um, yeah, the longest time that he's missed overall, but even then how many years has it been that he's dealing with some kind of even when he go, was going to get the contract he what was it Yeah, shoulder. he was dealing with the shoulder yeah, yeah. so is he now becoming that kind of guy that well are you going to be able to depend on him is he turning into like i said it before the tyrant smith of the defense that you don't know how long and and to me that's a that's a really tough decision because you have, you have to have a very good clarity of the kind of players you're going to have and can count on on the field. And injuries are going to happen regardless, and you don't know when that's going to happen. But injury-prone, is that a word that you want to be surrounding or tagged along a guy that's being paid that amount of money and that's supposed to be contributing the way that you really need a starter to contribute? Yeah,
3: I mean, I, the, the, the six or seven games... Eight games where he was out. I mean, Dan Quinn and and the defense figured out how to how to get it done and um, and and get and win games and rush the passer and all that. I don't think with Dan Quinn's success uh, and his history of helping these pass rushers, I don't think you need more than one guy that's making more than ten, twelve million a year. I just I think you need. Well, crap!
2: I forgot about that point. You mentioned Andy. the success that they had without him. Without him. That, does that yeah. now change? It does. Oh, I everything? think that's a part how of this
1: conversation this. that they're having about it, wh- how much they need him and, and whether they but, can can do without him. I yeah. mean,
3: everyone said that in, when Dak was getting carted off against the Giants and he's tears and crying and everyone, the whole stadium's crying and press box people, you know, and they're like, what's that going to do with his contract? Well, they went out and they sucked. They couldn't score any points. Mm-hmm. They missed him. His contract, that it did nothing to his contract other than maybe prove his point that how valuable he yes. is. It, mm-hmm. doesn't, it doesn't help that when D-Law got hurt that they figured out other ways to do it. And yeah. so, you know, that's, that's just kind of the, the way that it is. And so I think you need one of the two. And who do you think is more special, Randy or D-Law? And I, I think, I don't, no one's ever called D-Law just like a freak. You know, like he... And, and yeah, he's kind of freaky. He can be. He yeah. can be, but I think there's a little bit more potential. It's hard to say that for 29-year-old Randy Gregory, but yeah. he's still pretty fresh because he hasn't played as many games.
1: I think I think the, the differentiator for me is I think DeMarcus is a better run defender. I think DeMarcus is as good a run defender as I seen on the edge yeah. at the Cowboys, maybe time I've been here outside of maybe DeMarcus. Like he is really, really good against the run. And and so and I don't think, and that's not a knock on Randy. It's just I don't think he's as good as DeMarcus in that area. And I think they're comparable pass rushers. I do think that, that Randy's speed off the edge is what makes him special. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he's younger, that obviously helps. So, you know. What I, what I would
3: do is I would focus on the defensive tackles. Because if you have the defensive tackles that can clog that up, then where are they going to go? Wide. And who do you want them to go wide against? D Law? Or Randy. Because you're not getting wide on on Randy. We know that. We saw that at training camp. Everyone tried to do reverse. I don't think you're getting
1: like wide on on D Demar- Law either. Like I haven't seen I, that happen I, very I,
3: often. I, I'm I'm just saying I would get some I would beef this thing up in the middle. I mean if I'm not getting a center, I'm getting a D tackle at number twenty four. And I don't care if he's a two down player. I've heard that argument that he he'd get a two down player. Well, which two downs? First and second. <laughs> Love it. If you can do anything yeah. to get me to third and nine where I've got a couple of freaks running around and you don't know where they're coming from, perfect. Do your job. I'll t- Give me the big big old defensive tackle.
1: Yep. Yep. All right. We appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back next week, and uh, we're going to get to free agency talk. Uh, I have the whole list of free agents. We're going to go down the full list. We're going to talk about who you expect to be back, who you want to have back. Who are the people that you're like, eh, it's okay. They can go ahead and leave. We'll talk about that next week. Till then for Nick Even, Amber Garcia, Dave Hellman, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of
4: DallasCowboys.com
1: and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How
4: about this, Cowboys? Yeah!